Information presented on this program and by its guests is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information and may not be suitable for members of the listening audience. A professional advisor, attorney, or tax professional should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Are you retired or getting close? Welcome to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live your dream retirement. Are there challenges on the way? You bet. Inflation, the economy, and the ups and downs of today's markets will try to rob you of your dreams. But take heart and take notes, because what you're about to learn will put you on the winning side of life for the rest of your life. Now, here's the host of Retirement Lifestyles, Patrick McNally. Hello, everybody. Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. I want to welcome you to the Retirement Lifestyle Show, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement. If you are already retired or you are getting close, you can see that light at the end of the tunnel, and you've been sacrificing, you've been saving into those retirement accounts, then this is the show for you, because I'm here to talk about money specifically generating income from your investments in retirement, which is the most important thing that you got to plan for, in my opinion. But I'm going to teach you also about all six of the core areas of financial planning, stuff like insurance, how to budget, how to pick the right investments in retirement, how to plan ahead in retirement, saving on taxes, and how to leave a legacy through estate planning. And what I do each month is I rotate these topics. And over time, you're going to learn how to build an amazing plan for retirement. But again, the most important thing you're going to learn is how to create an income stream that's safe, predictable, and can increase every year no matter what that pesky market does. And what better kind of income is there than tax-free income? That's right. I want to teach you how to achieve what I call tax freedom in retirement so that you don't have to worry about Uncle Sam, the old IRS coming in and changing all the rules, coming for your retirement savings, required distributions, all of that stuff, just because he can't balance his own checkbook or afford all of his unfunded promises. Most people would agree that taxes really only have one way to go in the future, and that is up. So learning how to control future taxation is a key to planning in retirement. You see, guys, I'm the owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, which is an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income strategies for people who are currently retired or are getting super close. And for over 22 years now, I've helped people just like you plan for an amazing retirement. Heck, I've been talking about it live on the air for over 12. But what I've found is this. Most people worry in retirement. They worry about income. They worry about health care, inflation, the stock market, recessions, higher taxes, all those kinds of buzzwords. Does that sound familiar to you? Are you worried about any of those things? If so, I want you to hear this. It is totally normal. You're not alone. But I do want to say this. You can actually control those fears, or you can maybe even eliminate them altogether. And the best way is with a plan. All right, guys, we're in the first Saturday of June. Can you believe that half the year is basically over? Uh, okay, the topic of the month is estate planning. 
I'm going to be going into wills, trusts, powers of attorney. I'm going to be talking about probate, how you can avoid it. And I'm also going to discuss using life insurance to avoid estate taxes. All the high-level info you need to put together a solid estate plan. Today, I'm going to be kicking it off with what is a trust and why do you need one? And next, I'll head into my mailbag segment along with the old IRA FAQs. And then finally, I'm going to wrap up the show with some action items that you can implement right away. If that sounds good, stay tuned. I'm also going to mention this, you guys. My website, patrickmcnally.com. In honor of Estate Planning Month, I want to give you a free copy of my Survivor's Guide, an organizational tool designed to help you get started on building your estate plan. Visit patrickmcnally.com and get your free copy today. All right, let's get this show going. Go refill that coffee, grab that pen and notepad, and I'll be back in one minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, pardon the quick interruption. I'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I want to give you the opportunity to get a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, a simple guide to navigating retirement. It's eight chapters packed with tips and strategies on how to prepare for an awesome retirement. I go through investments, estate planning, social security, and more. Simply visit patrickmcnally.com and request a copy. That website again is patrickmcnally.com. Throughout the book, I'm going to explain the importance of planning ahead and focusing on income strategies that are going to set you up for success and lead you to a retirement lifestyle of abundance. I'll also be teaching you about the Retirement Lifestyles Income Plan, my custom financial planning process and investment strategy with the objective of providing inflation-adjusted income for life. This book is packed with all kinds of strategies, and you can get your free copy right now at patrickmcnally.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, welcome back to the show. We're going to be launching into it in just a minute, talking about trusts, talking about why you need one. But before I do, I want to give a little shout out to my my oldest child, my daughter, um, my daughter Lauren. She is graduating from Foothill High School this upcoming week, and kind of crazy for me to say that out loud. Um... But obviously, if you have kids and they've already graduated, you kind of know the feeling that I'm going through right now. She's my oldest um, of the two and my first one to graduate high school. And it's kind of weird, you know, time just flies by way too quickly. But I just wanted to tell her congratulations. Um, you made it through and she is off to, uh, to bigger things and will be starting school at UCLA in the fall. So super excited about that. And congratulations, my little princess. Love you. Okay, guys, let's launch into um, estate planning. And that's obviously the monthly show topic. Um, today, we're going to be talking about what is a trust and why do you need one. Now, when somebody hears the word trust, there's usually certain images that come to mind. Things like wealthy trust fund babies or, you know, 
elderly individuals that are like super rich, just to name a couple of uh, those things. Um, but the truth is, m more people actually benefit from having a trust than you would probably think. Now, if you're looking for the best, most comprehensive way to protect your family after you've gone, um, and you're a homeowner at least, um, a trust is likely... It's likely going to be the ideal estate planning option for you. Now, creating your will is another protective measure you can take to safeguard your assets and your loved ones. Um, if you're not quite ready to pull the trigger, you know, and and or maybe you don't yet qualify financially, in you know, you think to to uh, to do a trust. Um, but don't worry, you can always add a trust to your estate plan as life evolves. But, you know, I often tell people, if you love somebody and you own something, you need to have a trust in place to protect it. Um, in short, a trust is really, and I'm going to use the old F word, a fiduciary agreement that is part of your overall estate plan. Now, traditionally, trusts are used to hold assets for one or more beneficiaries, like your kids, your grandkids. Um, and, but they can also offer some significant estate tax and other protective benefits. So if you're considering setting up a trust, uh, or any type of estate plan for that matter, um, this show hopefully is going to help, help guide you a little bit as to kind of the right places to start. Now I'm going to kind of walk through these things and just kind of ask general questions that I often get uh, when talking to um, not only prospective clients, but sometimes even clients, because one of the things that we will recommend as we ask questions about your overall financial planning is, have you created a trust? So one of the one of the first questions that sometimes comes up is, what is a trust? And again, um, a trust is a legal arrangement that allows you to set up your assets to be held and essentially managed by a third party. And that party is what's known as a trustee. And the person or even a firm or company that you appoint to that role is going to be responsible for ensuring that your estate is handled the manner that you've outlined. Now, despite what a lot of people think, trust can be beneficial for all size estates, not just for super, super large ones. Um, there's a common misconception, again, that um, an estate planning trust is only suitable for the extremely wealthy. It's just not the case. Here's the reality. There's a lot of benefits to a trust, and they include, um, and this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but number one, avoiding probate so that your beneficiaries can receive assets sooner. Now, I'm not going to dive into the weeds on probate today. Most people have heard of probates, essentially a lawsuit against yourself, and it's where the court's going to decide how your stuff gets handled. And most people don't want that. Um, I'm actually going to dedicate a show um, later in the month to probate. So definitely be tuning in for that one. Um, but you avoid probate with a trust. There's privacy, protection, reduced or even eliminated estate and gift taxes. If, if you're, you know, you have assets that, that are bumping up against, you know, estate taxes, well, a trust can help, you know, produce uh, or produce, reduce um, or even eliminate that. Um, the, ab the ability to better control future wealth by establishing conditions for how your assets are distributed. To me, that's one of the biggest ones. Um, I call it control from the grave, if you will, because you have that ability to say, okay, when I'm gone, I can no longer make these decisions, but when I'm gone, here's a document that outlines how my assets are to be distributed. 
and hopefully it, it cuts down on the amount of bickering between families, which I see all the time, unfortunately. Um, we like to think that, no, our family's going to get along just fine. Yeah, when you throw a whole bunch of money on top of stuff, sometimes there can be some arguments. So contracts make for great friends. That's what I like to say. Um, anyway, so there are multiple types of trust, and it's really important to to assess your needs and goals. I always talk about needs and goals, needs and wants, um, but you definitely want to do that before you decide on what type of trust that you want to create. And I'm going to get into some more details on that. My next question that I often get is, what is the purpose of a trust? And there's actually several purposes. Um, definitely for, for creating a trust for your estate planning, one of the more common reasons people choose to use them is to better ensure that their assets are handled exactly as they wish. And I mentioned that before. From the moment that trust goes into effect until long after passing, um, they can also be used as a means to manage tax consequences on an estate and they're a way to potentially protect your wealth while still qualifying even for Medicaid in your later years. Now, a lot of the loopholes for Medicaid, those have been closed, but you definitely want to talk to um, an estate planning attorney and see how that could potentially work. I probably should have given that uh, disclaimer at the beginning before I spoke on this, so I'll just give it now. Um, I am not an estate planning attorney, and I do not create trusts. We help people steer them in the right direction of different attorneys that we work with locally. Um, we do have some online uh, vehicles that we can recommend as well that we trust for our clients. So um, here's my little plug. If you've got questions about that, just reach out to us. You can email me. Uh, visit patrickmcnally.com, reach out to me that way, and we'd love to send you the names of some very reputable estate planning attorneys or online resources as well. Um, okay, so trusts, again, they're, they're used in cases where someone wants or needs to set up financial care for young kids or long-term care planning for dependents with disabilities. So there's so many purposes for using trusts. Um, the next question sometimes comes up, who should have a trust? Because uh, actually, they're, they're not necessarily the best solution for everyone. I don't want, I want to make that statement clear. This isn't a blatant statement that everyone should have a trust. Um, there are reasons that a trust might make sense, but that doesn't mean everybody needs one. A trust might be beneficial for those in certain situations like you own a home or other property, and specifically if it's out of state, uh, typically, a dollar amount that we often hear with, with creating trusts is if you've got at least $200,000 or more in assets, uh, again, if you wish to keep your assets private, take a quick sip of my coffee there so I can keep yakking. Um, if you want to keep those things private, you definitely trust the way to do that. If you go through probate, and I'll be talking about this, like I said, in, a, in, a, in an upcoming show, probate is public to everyone. I mean, they see bank accounts, social security numbers, medical records. You talk about being exposed. Now, you're obviously passed away, but all of your personal information is open to the public so that they could potentially come in and contest um, your estate. Um, so you definitely want to keep that private. Um, you, have a <clears throat> excuse me. you have a taxable estate. Keep in mind that qualifying value that deems an estate taxable is going to differ from state to state. Um, but you may have a taxable estate. You want to talk to an accountant about that. Um, they're also appropriate if you want to set up stipulations on inheritances. And this is usually where we see it a lot for a lot of our clients. 
Um, if you want to give specific dollar amounts for certain events, like uh, I'll just say for graduating college, you know, I just mentioned before my daughter's heading off to college. Um, getting married, you know, if you've got if you got you know multiple kids and let's say you got three kids and two out of the three are really good with money, but one, I mean, you give them a dollar and it's spent before you even blink. Maybe there's some things you want to put in there, some stipulations on how they, you know, receive that money. They're, you know, maybe don't necessarily receive it all at once. Maybe at certain ages, um, they hit certain milestones. So there's all kinds of things you can do with trust, and they're very, very. There's the ability to uh, customize them. Uh, there's all kinds of different types of trust. Each has its own nuances and purposes. Um, so before you establish one, you want to obviously make sure you talk to an attorney and have a clear understanding and an idea of your goals so you can match that to the type of trust best suited to make sure you accomplish them. Uh, there's these things, there's a, a living trust, and a living trust is created during your lifetime. It designates a trustee who's going to manage the assets for your beneficiary uh, or beneficiaries after you pass. There are revocable living trusts, and that is created again during your lifetime, and it can be altered or revoked while you're alive. So you can go in and make changes to it. It's used to avoid probate, but while you're alive, it's not an ironclad technique for asset protection. So you can definitely be changing it. Any assets in that in a revocable living trust uh, will still be available to creditors during your lifetime. Um, although it's it's way more difficult for them to gain access, but you just need to know some of these nuances when you decide to to create that type of a trust. And then you have what's called an irrevocable trust, and that basically means you cannot change it or alter anything once that trust is established. Like from day one, um, you cannot make it's irrevocable. You cannot go back and make changes. So basically, when you create this type of trust, you have legally removed any rights to ownership to anything that you put in it. And in some cases, an irrevocable trust might be used as a way to protect assets from creditors um, or even to bypass estate taxes, as basically you have effectively removed yourself as the owner for any of the assets that you put inside the trust. Um, they can be beneficial for, for those people that are in professions that are maybe vulnerable to lawsuits such as attorneys or doctors. So those are just some of the, the uses for irrevocable trust. Again, you want to reach out to an estate planning attorney to, to really understand what that is. Um, next in line would be something that's called a joint trust, and it's a trust established for two people, like a husband and a wife. While both those parties are alive, they actually they, they maintain control over any and all assets that are inside of it jointly. They can change the trust at any time. And then after one of them passes away, the surviving partner becomes the trustee. Uh, testamentary, testamentary trust uh, is a trust that's created within a will, and it only goes into effect upon your passing. And it's also known as a trust under will, or a will trust. It's got some various names there. And it instructs how the actual trust should be established. Because the trust isn't truly created until after you pass, it's not considered a living trust. It's important to note that this option results in the will going through probate. So again, this all ties back to making sure that you understand what it is um, that you're creating. Um, so let's talk about something like revocable versus irrevocable again, because that's a super important point. 
that I think you need to understand. A revocable trust can be changed at any point. So that's that term. It's revocable. You can revoke it, um, obviously, as long as you're of sound mind. Um, but by contrast, an irrevocable is the exact opposite. It cannot be changed. And furthermore, you, you no longer own the assets. But that's a pretty big distinction right there. Once you put something in an irrevocable trust, number one, you can't change it, and you don't own it anymore. And it, it may seem like that type of a trust is never a good idea because you lose so much control. But actually, under certain circumstances, it can actually be really, really beneficial. I'll give you an example. If Again, if you're at risk for lawsuits, um, if you're of that kind of a profession that maybe is, is highly, highly law-suitable, that's the best uh, word I can come up with there, um, an irrevocable trust can help preserve your assets from judgments or liens. So next a question comes up often like, what, what can you actually add to a trust? Um, I would actually kind of revert the, the exact opposite and say, what can't you put in a trust? But maybe there are some things that you don't necessarily want to put inside of a trust just for, for ease. Um, so there are some, some, some assets that are appropriate. Um, and to accomplish this, you do what's called retitling those assets to the trust. And that's also often called funding your trust. A lot of people will say, have you funded your trust? And they're like, no, I, I didn't put any money in my trust. I, I bought my trust. It's like, no, no. When you fund a trust, that actually means when you retitle assets into the name of the trust. Like your home, for example. That's really the biggest, for most people, that's going to be the biggest thing that they put into their trust is their home. But you can put other stuff, jewelry, um, antiques, collectibles. Um, you can put vehicles into the trust. Um, you can put brokerage accounts, your investments. And I will say this, non-retirement investments, you can retitle into the name of your trust. And, and, and we recommend that for a lot of people. Uh, you don't want to put retirement accounts like IRAs. You do not want to retitle those into the name of your trust. Um, that can be a taxable event and can screw all kinds of things up. Retirement accounts, you guys, IRAs, Ross, 401, all that stuff, they are completely different animals when it comes to, to estate planning and, and how you pass those on. Those types of accounts, you actually name a beneficiary on those accounts. Now, you can name your trust as the beneficiary. Um, sometimes that's okay uh, for certain circumstances, but you don't ever want to retitle your IRA into the name of the trust because that could potentially be a taxable event while you're alive. When you name your trust as the beneficiary, it just basically removes uh, you know, you're you know, like say you have three kids. It basically takes the the control and the tax tax control, I guess is the way I want to put that, away from your kids. And that might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing. So you just definitely want to bring your CPAs and and you know attorneys into this before you do it. You can name cash accounts, savings accounts, checking accounts, money markets, CDs, all those things. Um, you can retitle. You know, set up a bank account in the name of the trust. Um, large assets, again, like homes out of state, business interests, um, and even um, annuities that are what we call non-qualified. Again, not retirement annuities, but maybe you have an annuity that you purchase with just you know regular savings, regular money that was already taxed. You could turn that into a trust account. So the next question I often get is, how do you name a trust? Um, it's actually 
pretty easy to name the trust, but it is an important part. Most people just name a trust um, something logical and kind of representative of their family, like, you know, the Patrick and Maggie McNally Family Trust of 2023, if that's, you know, when we created created ours a long time ago. But, you know, if you created it this year, a lot of people, they put the date in with their names um, of when they created it. So just kind of pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, your family name, again, possibly the date, uh, that's usually commonly used or something similar that leaves a little bit of room, um, you know, for what that document is, make it easy to, to, to understand. And again, I mentioned, how do you fund a trust when you, when you hear that word funding, that just means what you're putting or renaming into the titling of your trust. So there's some other common questions about trusts. Um, like, what's the difference between a will and a trust? Because a lot of people are like, no, we, we created our wills a long time ago. We probably don't need that. The biggest difference between a trust and a will is that a trust goes into effect as soon as it's created, whereas a will only becomes effective after you pass away. There's also tax implications specific to each of those, and trusts, again, can remain private and avoid probate, whereas the process of passing property through a will it just becomes public and open to everybody. And you got to go through the probate process. You end up in court, you're hiring attorneys and blah, blah, blah. And you're adding all, you know, months or even years, unfortunately, to finally have the dust, the dust settle and your assets pass on the way that you want. So guys, there's all kinds of other questions that we often get. Like, you know, what is the trustee and can a trustee be removed? You know, things like that. Again, I want to mention it's best to hire an estate planning attorney, in my opinion. Um, can you save money going online? The answer is yes. You can absolutely do that. And there are times if you've got a, a fairly um, basic estate, you know, your home, couple of cars, couple of brokerage accounts, it, I would definitely recommend maybe looking into an online alternative for that. We can help you do that. If you want to reach out to us, we'd be glad to help you. But again, we can we can help you know um, find people in our area as well. So again, in summary, setting up your trust is beneficial on so many levels. There's so many layers of an estate plan, and it's just a great way to safeguard those things and uh, provide that security for passing on your hard-earned personal wealth and assets. And really, that can be one of the best gifts that you can leave your heirs. So we'd love to help you with that. I'm going to take a quick uh, couple of minute break. I'll be back. We'll be heading into IRA FAQs and our mailbag. So don't go anywhere. I'll be back. You're listening to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You've heard me say it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedoms you need to live your dream retirement. When it comes to the health side, I want to tell you about my family's personal chiropractor, Dr. Todd Royce, owner of Chiropractic First. Not only does he adjust us and get us back to our active lives, he teaches us about ongoing nutrition and living healthier. If you have any pain or stiffness in your back or neck, I want you to call Chiropractic First today at 243-0889. Mention Patrick for a free consultation. You don't need to live with pain or discomfort anymore. Call Dr. Todd at 243-0889 or visit online at chirofirst.net. 
Did you know that when I'm not here doing the show, I run Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income planning and managing investments for people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been in financial services for over 22 years now and hosted this show for over 10. With a little bit of good planning, you can have peace of mind and a great retirement, and I'd love to help. If you would like to get more information or to learn about how you can work with us, visit patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. Are you worried about the current U.S. economy, inflation, the pandemic? Then it's time to schedule a free retirement checkup call with Patrick. The world is changing every day, and your life savings is too important to be at risk. If you want to feel confident and secure in retirement, then simply visit TalkToPatrick.com and reserve a free checkup call on his calendar. Remember the website, TalkToPatrick.com. Don't wait. This is too important. TalkToPatrick.com. The number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement is healthcare-related costs. So fitness needs to be a part of your financial planning. Check out my gym, Strong City Strength and Conditioning, right down on Victor Avenue. They have a new group class called Longevity on Tuesdays and Thursdays designed for people age 55 and better. If you want to have fun and get fit, then visit StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. That's StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. Mention the show and get your first week for free. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, welcome back to the show. Um, If you're just joining me um, and it's the live show, welcome to Retirement Lifestyles. I am your host, Patrick McNally, your favorite financial advisor. Thanks for being with me. Um, Like I said, if you're on the live show on Saturday, thank you. Or maybe you're picking this up via podcast and listening to me maybe on iTunes or Spotify or Pandora. Thank you for uh, subscribing to the show. We appreciate that. If you missed any of that first part, we talked about trust. This is a state planning month for the month of June. And uh, the first uh, that first segment there, we got into what is a trust and do you need one. So if you missed any of that, this show uh, will be up on podcast uh, immediately after the live version on Saturday, so you can find it there. And uh, but now we are going to head into um, our section where we do mailbag, which is one of my favorites. Uh, my mailbag segment is where I take questions either from from you guys and listening audience, which, by the way, you can visit patrickmcnally.com and click on the radio tab up in the top corner. And if you scroll down, you, you'll find all my shows there that you can listen to from the website or subscribe. But if you scroll down a little further, it's there's a form where you can submit questions, and I will read them on the show. And I won't mention your name. Don't worry about that, but I will... Um, if you give me permission and you've got a specific question, um, I would be glad to read it on the show because it's super fun to answer those. Um, I also get some comments and questions from some of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of. Really uh, can't recommend them high enough. If you're on Facebook, check out some of these retirement groups. They're so cool. They're not just all about finance and investing and stuff like that. No, I mean, they run the gamut of all things retirement. So if you're already retired, be a great place to go. But if you're also getting close, um, it could be some pretty cool groups to check out. And today I've got a couple of uh, questions and comments from the group that I want to bring up. 
that kind of stood out to me over the last week. And this first one says, okay, going to retire at 63, the problem will be insurance. I live in Texas, where do I look? So I often get this question when when talking with potential clients who come in to see me who are thinking about retiring. They're in their early 60s, even late 50s for that matter. And health insurance is one of the biggest expenses that you're going to have in retirement. Really, the most expensive time is going to be before you get to Medicare, which is at age 65. Um, There are obviously some circumstances where people with disabilities can go on Medicare earlier than that. But for the purposes of this answering this question, um, we'll just assume, you know, that you you don't have a disability and you're going on Medicare at that normal age of 65, and that is when you can take Part B, Part A uh, for the hospitals, all that good stuff. But before then, like it, like in this sense, at 63, you got two years at least where you're going to be footing the bill for your own insurance, and it can be some of the most expensive. Uh, years before you get to Medicare. So great question. A couple of comments from uh, the group, and I'm just going to kind of walk through each of these, and I, I definitely agree with with some of these. Um, number one, you can look at uh, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, and see if there's a chance that you could get onto one of those plans and it be affordable for your area. Um if you're working, you'll most likely be able to go on what's called COBRA for at least 18 months. COBRA can be super expensive. Essentially, when you go on COBRA, you are taking over your company's insurance costs. Um, see, typically right now, you're, you're on like a group plan through your employer. And you might pay a little bit out of your check, but you your employer pays the bulk of the costs for their employees for that type of coverage. When you go on COBRA, you keep your same exact coverage when you retire. You just take over the bill. And sometimes it can be super expensive. And it's it covers you typically for just up to 18 months until you can find something else. But at least you've got that coverage. There are other alternatives. Um, you may have heard something called Christian Care. Uh, Christian Care Ministries are available out there. And these are companies that, one of the main things I want you to understand is that it's not actually insurance. And that can be kind of weird for people because it works the exact same way, really, as insurance does. Picture a high deductible plan. Uh, let's just say, you know, for, for you and maybe a spouse, let's say it's 500 bucks a month. But you have like a, a $10,000 deductible. Well, with this type of a program, you can go to any doctor that will take the plan, will take the the Christian Care Ministries coverage, but you pay out of pocket um, each time that you go, and it chips away at that $10,000. That's the easiest way that I can explain it. Um, And again, I don't work for these companies, obviously, or anything like that, so you want to reach out or find them online and ask questions to them, but... That's really the way that it works. You essentially get a discount from the healthcare provider. And it's the same type of discount that like an insurance company would pay. You know what I mean? If you went in just off the street, retail, went to a doctor, and let's say it cost $2,000. Well, insurance companies don't pay $2,000. They basically get a massive discount and pay $300. 
That's what you would pay with this type of care. And then that 300 bucks would go against your deductible. And if you reached your $10,000 deductible before the year's end, and then something else happened, that's when other people who pay into this plan, it's like shared care, if you will. The people who pay into this plan, they'll cover your bills at that point moving forward. So the most you're going to have out of pocket in a given year are the premiums that you pay and the $10,000 deductible. Now, obviously, there's other deductibles. The lower, when you start lowering deductibles, you just pay more in premiums. So you got to figure that out for yourself. But um, I actually kind of went down a rabbit trail there. I didn't know I was going to talk about Christian Care Ministries that much. But that's how that works. So there are definitely some options available to you. My number one recommendation would be to talk to an independent insurance agent. Um, I deal with the investments, but I also work with independent insurance agents. So when our clients have questions about this, I can refer them to independent insurance agents, especially when it comes to Medicare and and uh, retiree health insurance options. You want to deal with somebody who specializes in that. And the reason I would use an independent insurance agent is because they can shop all of the companies for you. Um, you're going to have a whole bunch of options available to you uh, when it comes to you know the different plans. And some plans, you know, it depends on your zip code. Um, other plans aren't offered in your area, so you want to look at you know. So it can get overwhelming if you try to go online and do this yourself. And here's the thing about using an independent insurance agent: it's free. It's free. And it, yeah, if you end up going through them and you buy insurance through them. They make a commission from the insurance company. You don't pay them a fee. The, ins- the, the commission's already baked in. And let me tell you this. If you went out on your own and went straight to the company yourself online and bought it, you're paying the same price. So why wouldn't you use a professional insurance agent to have them do the work for you, go out and find the coverage for you, make your life so much easier, you guys. That's what they're there for. Um, and they can, sh- again, shop all the carriers uh, depending on where you live. Now, you can also go to healthcare.gov. You'll look at some of the Affordable Care Act programs on there as well. So I know a lot of you out there, you love to kind of do your own homework. And and, and by, by all means, absolutely do that. Um, do both. Do your own homework and then take your homework and go see an independent insurance agent. Compare notes. Um, that'd be the best of both worlds in my opinion. Um, one other tip I would give you too is if, if you are married and your your spouse is going to continue to work, do they have coverage from their job? Uh, oftentimes, we see spouses have, have completely different coverage. One has it at their job, and the other one has it at the other job. And when one leaves, they can piggyback off the other one that's continuing to work for a couple of years. Like in this instance, uh, this person is going to retire at 63. Maybe their spouse uh, is going to work another two or three years. Well, there you go. Piggyback off of their health insurance until you get to Medicare, and then you can enroll and and get onto Medicare. So, um, again, if you got questions about that and you want a referral, if you're in my area of Northern California, would love to give you a referral. Just reach out. You can go to the website and you know PatrickMcNally.com. Um, you can email me, text me, whatever is the easiest for you. But um, I've got one more question I want to go into. Uh, and it goes like this. How has the reality of retiring compared to your expectations and hopes about retirement? I'm loving it as I expected. So let me read that again. How is the reality of retiring compared to your expectations and hopes 
about retirement. So is it what you thought it was going to be? Great question. And a couple of the comments were, I thought I'd be bored to death in retirement, but I'm very happy. Right now, I'm sitting on the deck, listening to the birds sing, and that's all I need right now. Being busy is not a requirement for me. Love it. Another comment, it's going on five years for me. It's actually better than I anticipated. There's so much I'm doing and what to do. I'm so thankful. Sweet, five years and they are loving it. This next one I wanted to put in here. Since I'm now alone, I'm not sure I'm enjoying it. There's a difference between living and existing. Sorry, just being honest. You know, you got to get some of those those in there as well because it's not going to be um, awesomeness for everybody. And being alone is a big one. I know I've taught, I've spoken to a number of my clients, you know, whose spouse has passed away, and they are kind of living alone, and it's a big adjustment. You know, my dad had to do this. You've probably heard me mention this on the radio before. My mom passed away six years ago. They had all kinds of plans, all kinds of you know. Things that they wanted to do in their dreams once they were both retired. And unfortunately, she passed away at the age of 69, right before she was going to retire. And um, so it kind of threw those plans right out the door. And my dad had to adjust. And retirement wasn't quite exactly what he envisioned it to be. Uh, He's doing good now, but it was just a different path. So totally normal if you're experiencing that. And I would definitely not just keep that all inside. You know, recommendation, things that I, you know, that I even gave my dad was, you know, besides family, make sure you're talking with friends and other people. Um, Maybe through your church, there's groups that are in the same situation as you that can be very helpful. So anyway, that would kind of be my two cents on, on how you can maybe start going down that different path for retirement. And then one more comment, first five months, First five months, anxious and depressed. Now the last eight months have been much better. That is, that is something I often hear as well. Um, I've had a couple of, of our clients retire recently in the, cat, in the past couple of months, and we have had a few discussions um, about expectations in retirement, that it can be really weird at first. You know, especially if you just completely retire and you are completely done, it can be weird. And for this person, you know, the first five months was like, oh man, I'm kind of depressed. You know, what do I get up and do? I'm kind of anxious, you know, am I wasting the day away? I hear that a lot. And a show I did, I can't remember it. I should have wrote it down. A show I did last month, I think, I might have brought this up about, about the power of, of creating a schedule in retirement. Now, obviously, one of the things that one of the best parts about retirement, I'm assuming for most people, is smashing that alarm clock and not having to completely plan out your day or be somewhere at certain times. However, and I would say do that for at least the first month. Sleep in, screw around, be lazy for the first month. Don't rush into anything. But what has helped a lot of people I know is creating, you know, kind of a daily to do. You know, so you don't just wake up and end up you know, sitting in the recliner and staring at your phone. Um, anyway, and that might be happy for some people. That would drive me nuts. It makes me anxious just thinking about that. But I'm the kind of person who has to go, 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 go and keep doing stuff and be busy all the time. Um, for me, I'd probably be on the golf course at least once a day or something like that. But everybody's got their own ways of doing it. So just know that it's very normal to feel 
a little anxious, maybe even depressed um, when you first retire. But then kind of once you get into a rhythm and maybe create that you know, calendar or start doing things, hopefully um, it's going to be even better than you anticipated. Pretty awesome. Um, love those comments. All right, guys, I'm going to transition with the time I have left here, um, five, six minutes or so, I'm going to transition into IRA frequently asked questions. And these, this is the time where I want to specifically talk about retirement accounts. If you've got IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, um, I want to pick a topic each week that specifically speaks to that and hopefully answers maybe some questions that you have and, and delves into some topics that people have. So this one is called A Better Way of Understanding the Once-Per-Year Rollover Rule. Now, a lot of people have heard of a rollover. Like when you retire, you've got a 401k. The natural tendency or natural uh, comment to make is, I'm going to roll over my 401k to an IRA. Well, the IRS uses words a little differently than we do, and their definition of rollover is a little bit different than maybe what ours is, because in our minds, rolling it over is just like, well, I'm going to move it from point A to point B. We're good to go. Well, the definition for, for with the IRS is a little bit different, and they actually say when you have an IRA, you can actually only roll over your money once per year. And the once-per-year rollover rule, it's one of those rules that has serious tax consequences and cannot be fixed if you violate it. Breaking the rule results in a taxable distribution and a 10% early distribution penalty if you are under the age of 59 and a half. Plus, any rolled-over funds are considered excess IRA contributions that are then subject to a 6% annual penalty unless you correct it. Okay, the once per year rule applies to traditional IRA. So it goes from traditional to traditional rollovers and Roth to Roth, okay? Doesn't actually apply to company plan, like a 401k to an IRA. So I don't want to, I don't want to mix that up until I get you confused. Once you've retired, you've moved your 401k over to an IRA, then you want to do something different, okay? And you do what's called a rollover. Basically a rollover, they send you the money. They send you the check in your name, and you take that check down to your bank and you deposit it. Okay, that's what a rollover is to the IRS, and that's why you can only do it once a year because you've got 60 days to get that money out of your account and into the IRA, and you have to do the full amount. So basically, in a nutshell, I'm going to save this early. Don't do it. Instead of doing a rollover, do what's called a direct transfer. And this is how we do it for all of our clients. Like if they're moving from one brokerage firm to ours and they've got an IRA, we do a direct transfer. And that is when the company that you're currently at sends the money directly to your new company. If they send a check, they send the, they make the check out to the new company for benefit of you. For benefit of Patrick McNally. You know, if I was rolling over, if I was gonna transfer my funds over to a different company. It would be, they would send the check to TD Ameritrade for benefit of Patrick McNally. So then that means the money is not coming directly to me. The checks, if they send a check, it's not made to me. They may send it to you, but then you just forward it to the company. I hope that makes sense. I'm kind of just yakking here now. Um, let me give you a quick example. So, so let's say Jane received the traditional IRA distribution. She pulled the money out June 1st, 2022, 
and then she rolled that over to another IRA July 1st, 2022. If she receives a second traditional IRA any time before June 1st, the once per year rule prevents her from doing another 60-day rollover from that second distribution to another IRA. So if you've got multiple IRAs out there, very common for people to have multiple IRAs in different places. Maybe they rolled one company, 401k, to another, and you move it to your current IRA through a rollover. You cash it out, and then you, within 60 days, you move it again. You have to wait a year before you can move any of those other IRAs to the new IRA. Okay? That's why you don't want to do rollovers. You want to do direct transfers. Also, if you don't put the money in within that 60-day window, boom, completely taxable. All right, guys. I think I went down a few rabbit trails, maybe. Um, so if that was confusing at all, and maybe you're in this situation where you're looking at transferring money from one place to another and you have questions, reach out to me. You can visit uh, patrickmcnally.com. Schedule a phone call with me. 30-minute free phone call. There's no charge. Ask me the question. I'd be glad to to list that out and, again, walk through this and make sure that you understand it because it's super, super, super important that you get this right so that you don't pay a whole bunch of unnecessary taxes, which would be brutal. It's no fun when that happens, guys. Trust me. Um, So go to patrickmcnally.com. Click on the button there that says schedule a call, and I would love to visit with you. Now, when I come back, I'm going to take another quick break, but when I come back, I'm going to wrap this up and give you some action items to implement right away so you can be putting this uh, all this good stuff that I talked about on the show to you. So don't go anywhere. I'm back in just a minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, Dr. Todd Royce from Chiropractic First in downtown Reading. It blows my mind how many people live in pain, but they don't have to. How many people put up with headaches and back pain and can't play golf or pick up their kids or grandkids? We often have permanent solutions to pain where people didn't think it was even possible. Come check us out at our downtown Reading office or call our office at 243-0889 or visit us on the web at chirofirstreading.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, we made it. We are in the last segment of the show here. Time to wrap stuff up. Time to give you some action items uh, from this show that you can implement right away. A nice little summary of the big things we talked about. If you're just joining me, it's Retirement Lifestyles, and you caught the last part of the show. So you're going to need to go to patrickmcnally.com, and you're going to need to click on the the uh, the podcast, the, the radio tab up at the top and catch the first part of the show because this entire month we are talking about estate planning and I kicked off the show talking about trusts and why you, what are they and why you might need one. And on top of that, um, I don't know if you caught, I'm trying to remember if I even mentioned it during the show, hopefully I did, but I am going to put on the website there at patrickmcnally.com a link for a free copy of my Survivor's Guide. My Survivor's Guide um, is about a 25-page document. It's an organizational tool to help you, uh, well, really to help your family, know where all of your important documents, all your important papers, 
are stored and kept so that one of these days when you check out on life, um, they're not having to guess where things are, uh, where you filed important documents that they would need, things like that. It's just a really great organizational tool for the family. And if you want a copy of that, just go to patrickmcnally.com and you can get you a free one. I'm going to have that on the website for the entire month for estate planning. And um, you can go over there right now and get you a copy. But so anyway, it's time to create a trust. Now, it's very common for people to get close to retirement or even well into retirement, and they've never created wills and trusts. Um, I want to talk about powers of attorney and all that stuff, but those those are going to be topics later on in the month that I'll be bringing up. Um, but if you, if you missed, again, that segment talking about the benefits of creating a trust, uh, again, I often say if you love someone and you own something and want to pass it on to them, the best way to do it is with a trust. Because if you pass away without a trust, the court is going to decide who receives your stuff and how. So, and all your stuff becomes public, public record and all of that. So doing some estate planning, I'm going to say you need to speak with an estate planning attorney. I am not an attorney. There's my disclaimer. I don't create trust or anything like that, but I can steer you in the right direction if you need someone to talk to. Would highly recommend attorneys. Depending on the state you live, there's specific documents and nuances with how you create trust. And even when you move away, you're going to want to have your trust reviewed to make sure that the new state you live in um, it is valid, and if there's any changes or amendments that need to be made for your state, definitely talk to an estate planning attorney. We also have some online resources for you, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll go ahead and put a link to those on the website as well. I'll put it somewhere near the survivor's guide. So if you got, you know, if you want to look online, because there are online alternatives um, that are um, cheaper. Because you don't have to go see an attorney, but they are created by attorneys, so it's kind of a kind of a cool win-win if that's the way that you want to go. Number two, I want you to talk to an independent insurance agent and help you with health insurance in retirement. If you are not yet Medicare age, health insurance can be super expensive. If you retire early and you've had those benefits through work, it can be a super expensive time before you get to 65 and jump on Medicare. There are alternatives for you out there. You might go the Obamacare route. You might go with, you know, just Cobra or, you know, private insurance, something like that. But talk to an independent insurance agent. It's free. They don't charge you for that. They can steer you in the right direction. It's their job. So definitely use them. Um, and, and they can, again, they can find the benefit for you. Number three. Don't roll over your IRA, direct transfer it. Two verbiage right there. It's all in the words. Rollovers you can only do once a year. You've got a 60-day window um, where you have to put the money back into the account. That's when they send the money straight to you. You take it to the bank and deposit it. Then you need to find an IRA and dump it into that. can get really confusing, can cause you a lot of headache and a lot of taxes if not done properly. Avoid that. Direct transfer it from institution to institution. If you're moving your IRA, don't get that money in your hands. Have the institution send it to your new one. That's the best way to protect it and avoid a whole bunch of unnecessary taxes. All right, guys, a little preview of what's to come next week. We're going to be talking about probate and how to avoid it. So definitely be tuning into the show. I want to thank you for being here, and I wish you the best in retirement. Have you seen us? So bad and pretty, moving with a stand.